The Odd Father Podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. Hi, this guy here is Chris. He used to be a research scientist in the field of molecular biology until, he reckons, God told him he wanted him to look after a suburban church. And this is Pete, who used to be in commercial media until he became a novelist and started teaching people how to be highly creative. One thing we have in common, we've both met God. Yep, and we love people, but we really love God and we love being his children. But we both find being God's kids can be baffling. So... That's why we got together, not to find the answers, but to try and find the right questions. Good to be back behind the microphone, Pete. Lovely to be with you and looking forward to picking some very, very difficult stuff. Um, This week got an email from uh, Lee, a podcast at theoddfather.net. Always, if there's anything you want to share with us, uh, please, we'd love to hear from you. Email the podcast at theoddfather.net. Now, Lee sent us a really, really interesting email. We really wanted to talk about it, so we asked him if he could record it and just send in what was in his email. So he did. This is what Lee had to say. Even though I had a long history of depression, I felt buoyant at church. One day at church, I was absolutely convinced, I mean absolutely convinced, that God had instructed me to stop taking my depression medications. The congregation uplifted me and encouraged me to follow God's command and that they would all support me. So I did. One week later, I was in the biggest, deepest, darkest, inkiest, smelliest depression I've ever been in. (laughs) Ever. Mm. It took me months to climb my way out of it. No one helped me. Okay, lots to to unpack there, not Mm. the least being Lee's description of his depression, which I think is brilliant. That's very cool. I don't suffer that kind of depression. I know what depression is like a little bit, but to hear it expressed like that, you can you get a real you get a real feel for it. Yes, and and, and for what he was going through, what 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 stood out for you first of all? Um, well, the the pain that he went through, yeah, I think is not unique. I have all too often seen very similar uh, mm. stories um, throughout church life, mm. um, and. I think it highlights one of the the, the um, what are those things that, um, paradoxes? That's, that's the word I was looking for. Um, of church life is that yeah. um, people get involved in church, and there's a, there is a lot of enthusiasm. And, and mm. he, he, you know, he said he felt buoyant, and, I, and I, I suspect the rest of his congregation felt much the same. Yeah, and church church can make you feel like that. It's great, and, and but it, it does, and it should. Yeah, but in the end. The, the buoyancy perhaps masked a, a lack of wisdom on several levels, mm. um, but it also lacked uh, masked a lack of skill. And I think that's the big mm. problem with a lot of these mm. things. With, with mm. something like depression, people are all very uh, interested in getting behind people mm. to fix it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the skills, then when they actually don't manage to do what they, they feel they should then they are left alone and that's really dangerous. Yeah, and I think one of the things that got me, you're right, that lack of wisdom but also the thing that I think we miss is that everybody, I reckon, has had that experience at church and I'm sure you have. I I don't know, we haven't talked about this but I know I have where it's like the church, this group of people, this family isn't supporting me. So Mm. I 
I think we need to say that, first of all, that yes, churches suck. <laughs> People in churches yep. can suck. Um, but you can find good in it as well. The, the thing I really want to come at, though, is, is Lee said, God told me to stop taking my medication. Yes. That's, that's the thing that I sort of went, okay. Talk, talk to me about that. What, what, what do you – because that happens. Yes. God does make miracle healings. Indeed. And God does talk to people. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's part of, I guess, the, the Pentecostal revival, especially the, the early days of it. Mm. Um, I think there's, a, there's a, a rush of blood to the head or somewhere <laughs> um, where uh, you know, revelation on, on Bible verses yeah. that have lain sort of dormant for, for decades or centuries yeah. in, in terms of church doctrine um, led to an explosion of um, an expression of the Holy Spirit based on experience. And in a lot of that, people unfortunately threw doctrine out the window um, and even biblical truth. And so I think what has tended to happen is there's been a lot of God told me, but if we read the Bible about what God tells people, A, uh, he actually suggests one go and get confirmation, funnily enough, from other people. Yeah, yeah. because I was going to say, okay, you're sounding all very theological and you're coming across the whole Bible story thing, but, you know, we're not, we're not theologians. We, we've not, we're not trained pastors like yourself. Um, so when God tells Lee to stop taking his drug medication, what should he have done? Well, unfortunately, he seems to have done the right thing because he, he talked to the <laughs> congregation. He said, I'm going to do this. Yeah. What do you reckon? And they said, well, if God said, yeah, go for it. Um, and I think that's where, you know, crowd hysterics sort of comes in. Right. Um, Hopefully, and because and, we don't know the situation, um, I would have hoped that somebody would have said, well, that's great. I'm going to go home and pray and see if I can find a confirmation, of see if God speaks to me about that. Um, and if, if you get enough people doing that, yeah. you're going to get a, a consensus of sensible-minded people. But I think, I think what you've touched on here with the whole... Uh, pick on the Pentecostal movement, but the whole idea that, you know, there's this amazing thing, God's doing amazing things now here, you know, if you and he went to the church and the church said, yeah, this is amazing, we're all behind you. I, I, I wonder whether that's not the most helpful thing, that perhaps what we actually need to do, as you say, is to pick up the Bible, have a read of the Bible and see what it says about this. Because I know one, one example of this was uh, a friend of ours, a uh, family friend, a um, guy called Lance Shilton, who was the Archbishop of Sydney for quite some time before mm-hmm. he died of cancer. Right. When he got his diagnosis, I, you've got cancer, it's not good, um, he said he did two things first. He made sure that people were praying for him and he found a good oncologist. A wise man. And I think there's a sense that that's, we need to have the godly and it's vital that we have God in this, but we also need to take God put the humans here as well. Yes, and I think it sounds to me like Lee was in an, in a, a situation where they wanted to get the human out of it. Yes, and of course, and this is where it gets really tricky, and I have to be a bit theological, I guess. Um, All right, sorry, um, <laughs> but we live in an age, and and for the last, you know, since the. 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. uh, of individualism and this idea 
that we know that God cares and loves us, mm. and therefore his surely his um, manifest power and miracles and mm. things are, are applicable to us on a personal level, mm-hmm. which I think is true to an extent. But if you look at the Old Testament or, uh, and a lot of the, the, the prophets and the things mm. that where it says God spoke to Elijah and told him to do that, yeah. it was usually for a community of people. It wasn't right, for right. Elijah's benefit. Yeah. Um, and I think we've individualised this God spoke to me a bit yeah. Yeah. and not recognised that God's plan is for us as a community, not yeah. so much for us as individuals. Wow, that's <clears throat> that's actually really interesting to, to, to think on that. And I, I, I want to pick that one apart a bit later in my own head. But, yeah, that idea that God will heal this sickness in me and t- claiming that as a promise is not necessarily correct. No. Um, but God does promise to be with us in that sickness, and and, yes. I, and I guess that's what I would want to throw my arms around and uh, Lee and say, mate, take the medication. We'll be here with you while you do. Yes, um, and to c- confirm to him yeah. that God can use him when he's on medication. Yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of the most famous world evangelists mm. and healers suffered from um, conditions that God did not heal. Yeah, like the Apostle Paul. Like Paul himself, who talked about the fact that you know, God is got with him thing. Yeah. and is powerfully working through him, even though he's got yeah. a thorn in his side, as it were. Yeah, was. exactly. And and I think I, I mean I would have to say even you know myself, I I have diabetes still. You know, I, God hasn't healed it, but what He has actually done is used it to make me healthier than I've ever been in my entire life, which is just bizarre. Yeah, that or that it could happen. have been that your parents sinned and you were punished for that. Yeah, well, exactly. And it depends how you want to frame. <laughs> there, there's a good, yeah. uh, there's a good uh, <laughs> doctrinal point to discuss. <sighs> yeah, and it, it's interesting. We, we, this whole thing about, I, I think that's brilliant. That we, yeah, we, God wants us to be healed as a community, as an individual. He wants us to be joyfully loved mm. in a community. I guess also we hate the idea that. God could actually possibly use our sickness and possibly even our death for his benefit. All right, let, let's wrap this up and see if we can put this into a question. I mean, I've got a couple of things that I already want to be thinking about, like, you know, does God heal individuals as opposed to communities and all that sort of stuff? And I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Does God perform miracles and heal us from sickness? Yes. Does he not do that? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so those are things. I don't. I, there isn't an answer to that. We've talked about things like this before, but I want to come back to one we were talking about with Greg. Greg, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, when we talked about being broken, how everybody in the Bible is broken and smashed up, and this is kind of what Lee is touching on again here, isn't it? How can we be broken and be God's children? How do how do we how do we act that out? Do you think? Badly in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm. But I, I guess that's the thing. Often the, the question comes up, you know, how come the church is full of hypocrites? And the, the answer is always, well, where else are the hypocrites going to go? <laughs> because the church is the only place that will accept them. <laughs> and I, I guess that's part of the whole brokenness. I think people these days look at the church as a slick organisation mm. that um, processes souls like through a sausage machine um, that <laughs> produces human beings who are somehow 
morally and ethically charged to, mm. to do the right thing and have the brain capacity to carry that out. You go in sinful and diseased and you come out yeah. fine, shiny and clean. And I think that's a really dangerous the, and horrible thing to think. That's not what churches um, on earth do. No, no, because the idea of church is to invite people into a relationship with Jesus Christ and help them mm. along that pathway, broken as though they are, doing what we can to mend some of that brokenness. But we have to, I think, at our core have that yeah. realisation that we cannot fix people, only God can. Mm. And people are not going to ever be 100% fixed until they get mm. into his presence permanently. Yeah. So I guess can we ask, and, and as, as people who are in churches and people who express love um, in, in God's stead, can we decide to walk with each other even through the brokenness? In fact, it's always going to be broken. And I guess the question then is how do we walk broken with each other in love? And what does that look like? One word, mm-hmm. grace. Uh, and I think that's the, one of the things that's often missing mm. is that we don't show ourselves enough grace mm. and we certainly don't show other people anywhere near enough grace. Yeah. We are too quick to jump to conclusions and to yeah. judge others. And grace uh, uh, requires us to take a step back and think about it first. And also Lee, who who expressed great grace by, by sending us this question and, and being brave enough to throw that out there. Um, thank you very much. The interesting thing is now Lee needs to perhaps look at showing a little bit of grace and forgiving the people who screwed him up or allowed him to make some bad decisions and apologise to him. Sorry, Lee, that that happened. It does happen, and we've all been there. Yeah. But we're all here together, so... Um, and, yeah, and, and in saying that, I would not say that as, a, as an admonition in any way no. to Lee. No. But having been through similar things myself... I know that the person who does that gains more healing than anybody else. Yeah, so, so maybe all of this thing about depression and disease and getting better, yeah, somehow it's all about grace. Wouldn't that be strange? So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us, podcast at theoddfather.net, or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net, and check all the socials there, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time, and keep asking those questions. 